And you can live in the day. Welcome, everybody, to Man in the Making. We're so happy you can join us. We have Neela with us today. Neela Valen, former monk of uh, 100 years, brother yeah. of mine. Um, our combined monastic years are um, greater than the Dalai Lama. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. I mean, if you think about it, the Dalai Lama has... You can't just combine his monk years in this life. You have to combine the entire lineage of lamas because technically it's the same soul. Yeah, it's consecutive, like through like hundreds or whatever thousands of lives. <laughs> That's kind of a cool thought. Yeah. I've never thought about that before in my life. Um, but you know, you and I, we've got some street cred. So yeah. Rokas, sorry, I, I didn't mean to leave you out of that. No problem. <laughs> Maybe I'll, I'll become a pseudo monk from you guys, from all the knowledge I get from you guys. There you go. I mean, there's got to be something happening to your brain with all this, with, with all sure. this monk talk. All the nonsense. <laughs> uh, we're really happy you can join us and we, uh, the, the listener, and we're super happy that Neela came back on the show. We try to get him on. Uh, we have an open door policy for some people. Neela is one of them as a, uh, He's a grandfathered in co-host. I'm just going to go ahead and, and say that. <laughs> yeah. So since it's been a while, what's what's happening, Neela? Not just the typical like, hey, how's it going? But um, what's been any insights in the past month or, or uh, weeks or how's that going? Uh, I've been trying to get back to God, I guess. You know, it's been a while. Whoa. Yeah. It's been a while. That's man. an interesting statement. I kind of like that. Yeah, it's it's really easy to get lost in the in the hustle and bustle of like the world and get your body and emotions um, intertwined in everybody else's. But like how we were taught, you'd be yeah. separate from it. And uh, so I'm like almost relearning like certain concepts. What and, not that's so interesting you say that. Go ahead, finish. But I have so much. Yeah, no, that that's it. That's it. That's beautiful. I mean, I'm doing the same exact thing. I just got back into the yoga sutras, mm -hmm. and man, I cannot wait. Uh, if 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 you know, if if there comes a time when uh like such in August when we're around a small group of people. I'm going to run through a short class on the yoga sutras. And by short, I mean, we're just going to talk about that the entire time. Yeah. And that is short when it comes to the yoga sutras, because one sutra, I can think of, of a five hour lecture on the first sutra. Yeah. Which is yeah. let's begin. That's the first sutra. Let's begin. Yeah. Yeah. That stuff's deep. <laughs> Everyone, like you said, I was reading, uh, who was that Swami? Uh, Swami Vivekananda, I think, did. Yeah. And like you just said, like just one of, they're very terse statements, but like he'll go on for like pages about it. And then you know, like you get to the next one. There's pages about that one too. Yeah. Yeah. He died when he was 33 or 32. Yeah. I remember talking to Bodhinada, our um, 
our guru over at the, well my guru uh uh nila's acting head guru for a while see i finally learned the difference between gurus like is bodhinata your guru i would i have a different opinion maybe but i would say no yeah. he was the acting abbot but your guru is is his guru yeah yeah, yeah, he initiated me, like, and he, I made the connection with him, you know, like physically and mentally and spiritually. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. I asked a monk about that to, to segue off into a tangent. I asked a monk about that. I was like, so who, Bodhinata is like the guru now, but is he your guru or is Gurudeva your guru? And they didn't have a good answer. Um, it took me a few years to think about it. And I was like, oh, okay. He's, he's just the acting guru for everyone who has a previous guru. Cause I don't think it's, it's, it's right to say he's my guru now. I think that that changes the concept of guru. It, it does. Yeah. And well, and Guru Deva, like before he passed away, he said, you know, Bodhinata is your guru now, but I think what he meant is just like be dedicated, yeah. you know, to, to like his mission now yeah. Yeah. i don't think he meant you know he's going to replace me um yeah so because he's got plenty of statements right correct me if i'm wrong that would that would disagree with that right that he you know yeah for sure like any like any eastern teacher they say like you know i'm with you you know i'm in the inside i'm i'm you know, we're there in, in dreams and things like that. And then after I'm gone, I'm still with you, things like yeah. that. In fact, that's how I met Gurudeva. Like, first of all, like is in like a dream and I never had like a, like a lucid dream like that, but I oh, met wow. him in a dream. I don't think I ever told I you. Didn't that. Know that. Yeah, dude. Uh, before I went to the monastery, I was, uh, I was really into Ganesha and like Ganesha worship and I was studying the master course stuff. And I had this dream, clear as day. Like I was like, you know, you've seen pictures of Gurudeva and his like long robes. Yeah. He has his arms open like this. And he was, he was, I was like circling him and he was like laughing. And you know how he, you've, you've heard his laugh before, right? Like this big, like, yeah. Big, big, yeah. He was just like smiling and like laughing. And I went like around, I was like floating around him. Wow. Like and, circum, we call that circumbambulation. Yeah. Circumlocution or circumbambulation. Yeah. That's a weird, it's a hard word. Wow. Pronounce. But yeah. And it was amazing. And, uh, and it was just like as clear as day, like his face, there was nothing um, abstract about it. It was just like clear. Um, and that's how I actually met him first. Wow. Yeah. No, that's crazy. Yeah. I did. I, yeah, I never heard. First time I'm hearing that. That's and you know I think actually, um, I've heard a few people say that that the inner the inner experience came first <laughs> with Gurudeva. Yep. And then 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 they came to the monastery. Yeah. Even like before, like the day I went, I got I landed on Kauai. The monks picked me up, and as we were driving up to the little uh, the house where Bale lives now, um, he called on the phone and he told one of the monks that he wanted to talk to me. And then wow. he was like, he was like, hi, you know, I was like, well, hi, you know, it's like, I had a dream about you last night. Did you remember? And like, so he was dreaming of uh, me. Like, what? The, he was dreaming of me like the night before I came. And then when I came, 
he called me and said, do you remember the dream? And I was like, no, I don't remember at all. And then he just kind of laughed about it. He's like, that's all right. You don't have to remember it. And uh, so, yeah, like I was like, no matter what anybody says about your day, but like I, because, just because I'm not a monk anymore, like he is my guru. Like he, nice. we have a connection that nobody can like take away. No, you know, absolutely. No monastic politics or anything. Can, yeah yeah so anyway let me let, let let's jump back on the god train real quick so oh, yeah. we, yep. we started out you're getting back to it now it's interesting that you said god because a lot of the former monks how should i say this a lot of us leave the not the teachings but the the deity behind the god aspect behind and we enter into more of a monist like Hey, I learned meditation. I got some, I got some philosophy going on there, but I'm not going to the temple, you know, like I used to, but are you going to, are you going to start doing puja again? That's um, a religious ceremony. Are you going to start doing that again? Is that what you mean by God? Not, not necessarily just like reconnecting like inwardly. Yeah. Um, Cause I, I don't have the physical space for that. That's one thing. Um, there's a lot of distraction in this house from the animals and whatever. So, oh, you'd have a tail like knock over a deity in, in a day. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Like our cat will go up and like play around like like my little Ganesha thing, and I gotta like shoo them off. And but yeah, like when like we were just talking about like it's it's easy to get lost out there. And yeah. And you 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 realize you start to become like those people you're getting frustrated at. And so at some point it, it's got to like turn off. And I, yeah. I, was, I was doing that for a long time. Um, so I'm, I'm training myself to, to, to get back there. And yeah. That's awesome. I mean, yeah. um, and you have the tools to do that. And, but I think more, more poignantly, I don't want people to think that, see, that's the thing. Like, what am I trying to say here? Let me pause real quick. Do you, do you think like people don't actually think there is a God and it's just more of like a, um, like a notion or whereas like when we worshiped and stuff, like we actually like, it was like palpable to us. Yes, that's one of the reasons people get away. Uh, they they lose that connection, and then they they join the common mainstream thought of, well, there's not actually like a god, god. It's yeah, yeah. But but what I was thinking was, um, people, I imagine, and I've been told, and I get these questions a lot that you were you were a monk for so long, you know, you must be inundated with this kind of spiritual vibe and just be on another level and i and i kind of want to bring it back down to reality is that if if you're thinking that you know it's 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 kind of like a fairy tale we're we're going in and out of various forms of uh, states of consciousness all the time and just because you you know, live that lifestyle doesn't mean that you're, you're not subject to the whims and fancy fancies of, of, of emotions and the mind and the world. And 
you know, we just spent like 30 minutes talking about the stock market. Obviously there's a, there's a, um, there's a, not a disconnect, but well, there's a disconnect in what people think spirituality really is. And I think it's kind of like love. Um, love can, you can go in and out of it, it, love. And that's kind of the fun part of it. It's like getting it again, getting, getting back to where you were and, and, and enjoying that, that initial fire that once was. To stay in love is, is I think, a, a, a probably an incorrect concept. I'm not sure. But I've been thinking about that for a while. And, you know, everyone has the tools to kind of get back to what they want to. Um, but everyone, don't be too hard on yourself if you get out of it, I guess. That's a long way of saying. Yeah. Know. Well, it's, yeah, like I think anybody could do like, what we did are the only difference being is that we were in a cloistered situation where we had no other like, like choice, but to do that. Right. But if somebody disciplined themselves enough out here, they could, uh, they could certainly attain those states. I would, I would think, or at least, you know, get close. Yeah. And Saravan and Aswami actually broke that down once for me because I asked him, I was like, so people read the material and everything. They do the Shun practice, but do they attain the same states that, that, that we can? And he said he thought that the main difference between someone outside and a monk was a sustained or constant experience. Exactly. Right. Like you're saying, um, and the monks can, they're so focused and protected by that structure of order that, that they can have a constant experience. Whereas out here in the world, because we have so many factors going on and we're not protected, we're actually inundated with chaos and order. Hopefully there's a balance, right? But, but there's a lot of chaos um, that we have momentary, you know, experiences. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, but you know what? I, I think... Um, I think it's normal. And I think that part of the skill is that bouncing in and out, right? I think the manipulation of your own awareness is where the skill is and to have the ability to come out and in relate to other people, relate to different levels of consciousness. Like I've said this on the show before, if you're spiritual, but yet, and you're not able to communicate with a regular everyday person or a, a, a God fearing Catholic or Christian, then you're not as spiritual as you think because yeah. you should be able to kind of change your state of consciousness. Yeah. Yeah. And I think Guru Deva was an excellent example. He was like, like the real deal, you know? Um, but he would go to like board meetings and, you know, Island, you know, community meetings and, and con conduct business. And, you know, we had, um, you know, financial advisors that he would always go and talk to. And so, but then he would come in like every day and just, you know, we'd have these intense like hour plus like meditations, you know, and that was only a part of his day. Like he would do that like multiple times a day. So yeah, I think I was just trying to illustrate exactly what you were 
saying like yeah being able to go in and out that's a beautiful illustration yeah i mean the the island especially if if anyone listening is familiar with the hawaiian islands you have a totally different vibe so we're not talking about like the mainland here where you know you go outside and meet kind of general people on the on on a hawaiian island or a tropical island you're inundated with the complete opposite of what a monk is it's 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 a very laid back chill person then a you know the island time is a real thing <laughs> so we're talking about big shifts in in people here um very different than the mainland so that's it's quite a big of a shift to go from that one hour meditation you know deep state of of um love and all well, that oneness stuff to you know some guy sucking down beers by the beach playing the ukulele like that's what we're talking about yeah exactly yeah and just to go back to your other point like i had a thought like like the people we worked with had the same goals i think that's a big thing but like when the people i work with have nowhere near the same goals as i do and that's why it's easy inside of a monastery to maintain that yes yeah um yeah absolutely and and i'm i'm um i've thought about that a lot since joining this team at nasa they are actually very much like the monks it's uh and i said that to my my task lead um i was i was he's like you know how's it going and everything and i was like you know this kind of feels like the monastery like the, the same group i worked with it very our meetings we feel very much like the gk it's uh and that that's one of the departments in the monastery it's very interesting uh that it's that way but but that's not always the case as you're saying um you know that's not going to be the case for for most of your dealings and that scares a lot of people um you know they especially in this new age spiritual paradigm where I'm on it's it's they're thinking I'm on the path leave me alone I want to stay in my elevated state of consciousness and I don't I don't want to communicate on that level I'm better than that I'm beyond that so that's kind of a spiritual ego at that point yeah yeah you see that a lot yeah yeah which is not advisable the and I saw I see posts on Instagram like that all the time um you know, I saw this one post from one of these, you know, meme accounts that just post quotes and stuff. And um, it's like it had a picture of a jungle and a picture of the city. And it, it was funny. You would think they would have said the obvious, but they said, you know, here's the spiritual, here's the worldly beer in the spiritual. And I, and I commented and I was like, uh, hello, they're both spiritual. If you make it. Yeah. Like, Duh. Isn't that obvious? And then actually a lot of people in the comments were saying the same thing. They're like, no, these are, we want to be in both of these things at the same time. And that's the spiritual path. So I don't know, maybe they were just trying to test their, their audience or something, but I thought that was, that was cool that other people were thinking the same way. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. You see that you mentioned about the spiritual ego, but I, I've, I've run into that too, where you can see where people who are just getting going on the spiritual path, and thinking they have to be in seclusion or whatever 
they don't have the capacity to, to deal with like anything, I shouldn't say anything, but like different concepts, you know, like, oh, there's a guy like pissing on a, on a wall outside because he's drunk or whatever. Like they would see that as like evil and weird and like, like why are you, you know, like, fuck that guy. But like, if you're like a really a spiritual person, you'd be like, okay, well, you know, that's where he is right now. Yeah. He's got to do that. That that's his that's his life. Yeah, I wish you the best. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah, it's uh, or of people like eating meat or whatever. You know, like oh, you shouldn't be doing that. Well, I mean, yeah, they should. Like, that's what they want to do. You know, <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yes, yeah. they should. Exactly. I like that. I was that reminds me. I was in uh, Whole Food, the line at Whole Foods the other day. So when the pandemic was stronger. Uh, the shopping stores, you know, had lines outside because they were keeping a limited capacity inside. Yep. So we were in the line. This was, this must've been a few months ago. I was with someone in the line and there was a, there was a, you know, a, like a literal wino in front of us. She, she was a disheveled, um, like partially homeless looking, uh, you know, riffraff. And, and she was drinking a, a bottle of wine that was broken at the top, like jagged glass. But she was like, you could tell she was worshiping that bottle of wine. Like, and she was going to get the rest of it no matter what. And she, it was obvious that like, she just found that wine somewhere and like the top was broken because whoever threw it away just didn't care. And she was drinking it a little bit at a time while she was in line. And, and, and the person I was with was like, you know, kind of embarrassed and like, mm. like, you know, really kind of wanting to set themselves apart from that person and, and thinking and saying like, Oh God, like, look at that person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was like, I could totally get into that right now. Like, have you never wanted to just drink a bottle of wine in the middle of the day in like in the line at whole foods? Okay. Oh, yeah. Even given like what's going on right now in the yeah. world, like, yeah. like who cares? And, and it's like beyond that line and that person, I was, I was saying to the person, gosh, have you never been in that state of mind where like nothing really fucking matters? Yeah. You're just like, fuck it, man. Like, yeah. Yep. Like, absolutely. Uh, have you, like, you've got to get down low into that area to figure it out. And, and, like i get it (laughs) and that's part of the spiritual path is getting that person's state of mind and being like yeah you know you need me to like buy you another bottle (laughs) yeah help them out you know (laughs) i mean you don't want to support an alcoholic journey but i'm just trying to emphasize and kind of place emphasis on on you know, some sort of moral support in, for where they're at. And I think as a performance coach, that's number one. Like when I get people that come to me and they're just ready to call it quits um, and they're like, you know, what's the point? And, I, and I, I have to partially agree with them at times appropriately and artfully, you know, be like, you know, <laughs> there is suffering involved in this life. There's no question about it. And I think that's one of the things that drew me to Jordan Peterson's work. Yeah. 
because he holds that um, that kind of rough Buddhist suffering philosophy where you're going to get shit, number one. First, you're going to be born into the shit. The transcendent part is you working your way out of it. And going back to getting back to God and, and reading the Yoga Sutras again, I was delighted and refreshed to read one of the sutras that I had forgotten about where he says that um, a wise man knows that all of experience is suffering. And I was like, oh, so it is kind of a Hindu topic. Like not everything is perfection in Hinduism. Like there's a perfection in the suffering. Yeah. I think people forget that exact point. Like they expect Hinduism to be this pristine, like, all elevating thing but no, i mean we both suffered even in the monastery you know like there was some shit like a lot mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> yeah a lot mental of it. torment mental torment comes to mind yep you know feeling like there's there's no way out in a system that has left you with dependence yeah exactly so well i'm glad you're getting back to god it's awesome yeah i have a question on that so recently i learned from raj that everything is within you so is is the everything that is within you is that god or is god part of the everything that is within you if that makes sense Uh, should i try clarify yeah, I was almost going to answer, but yeah, if you could. Okay, so is it God that is the everything that is within you? Or is it through like the everything that is within you that like God is part of? But that still doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. Me, you're saying the same thing in two different ways. Yeah, yeah. let me tell you, Andrew, I think I know what you're saying. So, so it can be confusing sometimes, especially in Hinduism, because you, you meditate and you go in and you're supposed to experience God. And there's a lot of teachings that say, you know, you are God. You know, there is nothing apart from you that is not God. But then, like, you go to a temple and, like, there's all these deities there. And you worship all those, so that's like a like a duality, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yes, God is is you essentially, and inside of you, God is every single molecule that you can see and even fathom, right? But for a human living on an an Earth, like they need like a focal point, right? Cause I can't just look out my window right now and say, Oh, that, that blade of grass, I worship you as God, you know, people need more than that. So I think that's where the, like, like the duality comes in. They, they need to be in a place, harness that energy to like really as a human, like really feel it. And I th- that's where meditation comes in too. The more you do it, the more you do feel and see God everywhere in everything. Does that? Okay. Uh, I know what you're saying. Maybe I didn't. I don't know. What do you think, Raj? I, I love it. I, I agree with everything you said, of course. Um, the, the short answer is yes. 
right? God is part of that everything. Everything is God. So I, I said that you were saying the same thing in two different ways. Um, side note, that's called a tautolytic uh, argument. Uh, you're saying the same thing twice. Um, and it's, it's true. So the other part of that is, I think the easy way to say it is, would you look at a flame and call it a bonfire? No. It's just a small flame. But could we both agree that a bonfire is made up of that flame? It's fire. So it's the same essence. Doesn't have the same necessarily grand form right now, but it could. It could. So we are, we are made up of that which the universe is made up of in theory, in our, in our Eastern philosophical theory here. And God is simply, in my opinion, and I think in the, the opinion of many, many knowledgeable Eastern believers and the opinion of our, our scripture, mystical texts, that, that God is, is simply another word to describe the bonfire and, and the flame as well. There was a there was a, a verse, I don't know if it was actually like in one of the Hindu texts or if it was one of the saints that said it, but it, it said God is one and God is two. God is one and two, and God is neither one nor two. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just like yeah. So that's where that's where the breakdown of Christ, you know, Christianity, Abrahamic religions is. It's mm-hmm. that that's the main I think that's the main identity breakdown in, in Abrahamic religions. Like Nila was saying about the deity, right? You're worshiping the deity the, the God is outside of you. He's something else. And it's, it's a thing greater than you in Eastern thought specifically with, with the Hinduism that we studied, God is both outside of you being more evolved than you are but yet at the same time you and you're the same thing it's just remember how we had that that show about the timeline like it's all in someone's timeline like that flame is in a certain timeline and you could advance it by throwing it into a pile of wood and it would be a bonfire so the 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 soul is is kind of getting its, its way back to that grand God concept of, of being a part of everything. So while we say everything is inside you, all knowing is within you, um, that means to say your essence is, is the same essence of everything else, including knowledge itself. And so you have the power to access a part of you that is seemingly unlimited. Yeah. Which is God. Yeah. And I think too, it's, it's, it's important. Correct. To, to, to note that it, it's, it's not like an intellectual process either. I, I think, I think people 
Right. That couldn't be. It couldn't be. Yeah. I think people get too literal when, when they ask questions sometimes. And it's, it, it really needs to just be like experience. Like, like the mind needs to shut off and the quiet needs to come. However, the, however you can get to that. I mean, obviously there's, there's ways to get to that. We don't have to get into, but like, it's, it's more of a, it's more of a feeling than a thinking like, like process. Uh, that's as yeah. simple as best as I can explain that. Like, because how can all knowing be within you, Neela, if I had to explain the stock market? Exactly. Like that's the intellectual argument. That's exactly. that's where that's what he's talking about. But ego is that not ego then? Ego blocking it. But ego blocking you from the all knowing. So, is the knowledge of the stock market inside of the soul? Yep. Yes. It's it. I mean, the soul is the stock market. Like, an ego is a disruptive barrier, and also with the intellect that stops you from accessing information like that. However, that can be misleading because then that may send someone off on a spiritual path <laughs> only to learn every intellectual thing. Like, I'll know everything if I touch into my spirit. Yeah, that's that's not the case because you cannot get rid of your ego you'll always have a shred of that um so that's not that's i think that that we don't go down that path in explanation of why you why you know of of what meditation or whatever can do because it would be like false advertising right and i think i think you've seen charlatans do that right like step on the spiritual path and know your future and know your past lives and things like that, become a psychic. And we see that all too much. So we, you know, I think we would rarely talk about something like that because that's the other, that's, that's another area, you know, but the way I would simplify that kind of stuff, I think is when you access your super conscious when you access that part of you that is all knowing, you can easily learn um, anything. Yeah. You gain access to uh, an intuitive kind of learning and, and you can pick up on new skills quite easily. Yeah. I think a lot of, from what I've learned too, from Gurudeva is like a lot of the spiritual path is just observing and like keeping your mouth shut and not necessarily like reading about books and getting distracted about reading about how the ego affects you and, and how, you know, you'll be blocked from this sort of experience. If you don't be a good person, it's, it's a lot of just like being quiet and just like watching everything. Uh, that that's kind of like why, how, why I teach the way I teach, like my, my basic, the core of my teaching is simplicity. To me, that's that's where it's at. Yeah. And no offense to anybody, questions are good, but in, in a way, like people ask too many questions, and and it, it it just just if people would just observe and be quiet for a little while, a lot of that stuff will come. Um, I'm not saying like don't ask questions or you know, but 
a little less questions maybe and a little more observing. I think. Yeah. That's, I, that reminds me of jujitsu because it's like, man, you can ask all kinds of stuff. And you, in the end, it's like the teacher usually says, like, you know, you'll understand what I'm saying the moment you uh, get caught in that choke. You'll figure out what I'm saying. It'll come to you. Yeah, you can't explain it. Yeah. 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 Perfect. Yeah. Oh, my dog. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right. Did you hear that? She's got a terrifying bark, but she's a, <laughs> anyway. Um, I think that was an awesome update. That was that. Let me, let me see if I can find it here. Neil, that was you a have... question actually. Yeah, it was a good one. Okay. So you had, Neela actually had kind of a, a topic here. Did you want to, touch in on that or do you want me to read what you wrote or um well oh yeah it is a good it is a good one yeah i don't I'm, we don't have to get into it into it i guess but i mean we could yeah okay so i'll just i'll try to simplify it if, if you want me to continue with that i'm happy to try to simplify that when i wrote to you i think the question in and of itself is simple enough yeah. Okay. Go ahead. Oh, it's your you question. Oh, okay. I thought you were going to read it. <laughs> so, uh, let's see. So, okay. So my question is that I think it's hard for people to, to get on the spiritual path sometimes because they always have to go to somebody to get answers. Um, I'm going to try to be as you can help me clarify. Is it your question? I don't think it's your question. Uh Huh? Yeah. It's a question I had actually. Okay. So you've been thinking about this, like, yeah, because reflections lately. So, okay. So let's say I know nothing of the Hindu religion and I want to get to know like a God. I would like to go to that God and experience that God like personally. The way the world is set up, it's like you have to go through an institution to learn about something to gain experience. And I was relating to Rajan yesterday that I reached, I reached out to this ashram and like they wouldn't give me <laughs> hey, come here, hush. They wouldn't give me any information unless I gave them like like my personal information and and i was like well no i just want to know about like the goddess you know i don't want to have to give you personal information like if i'm not signing up to your newsletter yeah i'm like why should i have to do that to experience god how i want to experience or just give me some information so i have like a compass to like follow like, I don't want to give you, like, my name and date of birth and, like, pictures of me. Like, that's not relevant. And that's what made you start thinking about... Yeah, I'm like, well, no, damn it. Like, I want to know. Like, I don't want to have to join your group to, to know about, like, this sect. <laughs> yeah. Um, and in a way, that's kind of how the monastery was set up to get people in, too. Like, they wouldn't teach you unless you signed up for the course. Correct. And so that, the question is... The question is... 
Yeah. Do you need, do you, is it really necessary to have a spiritual guide such as a guru in your life to make progress? Yeah. And I think in a way, yes, because they can answer questions. I know. What do you, what do you think? You know, like, like say, say for you, Rokos, like, let's say you wanted to start to get into Ganesha, you know, like, would you have difficulty trying to find? So theoretically, I mean, the, uh, I'm not sure what, is it Ganesha? Did you say? Yeah. Any, or any God. Okay. So with any God, so theoretically there was always one person or like the first few people who they didn't learn from anyone. They learned from themselves. So it's definitely possible to learn those things for yourself but then i guess that would require obviously a lot more time as with everything like you read a book and you get the acquired knowledge of someone's let's say someone put in 20 years into that knowledge and then you read it in a month and you have acquired that knowledge so obviously it's faster to learn from someone but i do for sure think you could if you dedicate your life to it then i'm sure you would be able to find the answers or come close to the answers you want to so it just depends on how much time you'd be willing to dedicate to it i think i was just gonna say yeah you gotta dedicate the time like you were just saying and rush what about you would be your answer well it's a it's a fascinating question and i can't believe we haven't actually talked about that before (laughs) in that way um i agree with everything you guys said i i well the first thing that came to my mind is what level do i break this question down into so I figured out a way to break it down into every level. So the answer is no, yes, and so there's there's a no and a yes. There's in the no part of the answer, do you need a spiritual guide like to directly make spiritual progress? No. Right. So I'm agreeing with Rokas on that level. Now, uh, on the yes level, I'm also agreeing with the, the concept of reading a book and, and learning from someone and, and having direct access to someone who knows more than you do. So, yes, in that sense. Now, the complete answer is eventually we learn that there is nothing that is not your spiritual guide or guru. So in the end, it is, it is a, a, an irony or catch 22. Do you need a spiritual, you know, anchor or guide to make progress on the path? What my, my then answer that question by asking a question, what is not your spiritual guide? And I that's that's a good point because that brings back like what I was just saying like if you observe and be quiet everything is your spiritual Correct. guide. Correct. You don't have to go to a seminar and pay somebody money to like. So so the answer is multifold depending on how you're looking at it. Just as you said. Is the spiritual guide the $5,000 seminar? That's where we would say no. Is the spiritual guide um, 
your own inner ability to observe? Yes. Did you need that? Yes. But did you have it the entire time? Of course. <laughs> so it's a, it's a, I like, I like things like that. It's complicated. Perhaps I have a complicated way of explaining things, but to me, I see a complete picture for anyone who asks the question, um, you know, and nothing is wasted. There is no teacher or experience that, that made you go backwards. Um, of course. And, and if you, even if you get in a better situation or you get better teachings or something like that, right. Uh, the, the previous experience was still your guide, still your, your teacher, still your helper on the path. Right. So, you know, um, gosh, I mean, your spiritual guide in, in a hockey game could be the stick, the puck and the coach, like all of it. Uh, and, and the opposing teammates too. Absolutely. Everything. <laughs> yeah. So that's why I remember, um teaching um for the first time in 2015 the concept that your 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 former enemy becomes your master your 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 darkest days become the very catalyst that led you to being your your wisest and and eventually i used to specifically say this to to those young guys and gals online, eventually you will begin to appreciate and thank, you know, those difficult times that you had before those addictions, those, those, those problems in your life, those, those, you know, those arrows that were coming at you, you, you eventually will, will like worship them and say, thank you. Without you, I'd be, I wouldn't be the same person. Because it's important to figure out what you want, but at the same time, it's even more important to figure out like what you don't want. Mm. And I think that's kind of what you're saying, like those negative, but seemingly negative situations or whatever make you realize, oh yeah, I, I don't want that. I don't want to be that way. I don't want to live that way or, you know, whatever. I don't want to have that addiction. I, you know yeah be something else i don't want that this is who i yeah yeah so so the very thing that we we try to get away from um you know we end up realizing that that thing was absolutely necessary just like you were saying about you know should this happen should he be pissing on the street you know yes he should be doing that that's <laughs> yeah that's part of the path that's my answer. <laughs> so we're all correct. Of course we are. We're all we're all the same. We're all the same people. All, all knowing is within us. So, yeah. duh. <laughs> yeah, and even yoga. Yeah, Guru Deva's guru said it's not in books. You fool. Yeah. Yeah. Which, oh. Like, I was thinking about Yoga Swami earlier when you were talking about something. Oh, when we were talking about like shifting through states of consciousness and getting back to God and things like that. I mean, our our 
we have a special connection with that mode of thinking because our lineage of teachers um, were an unusual bunch, to say the least, especially Yoga Swami, who frequently got angry and, and um, had bouts of, of anger and, and, and moodiness and things like that. And, and you know, um, it goes back, it goes back before it all, but that saying, you know, before enlightenment, pick up sticks uh, or pick up wood and, and carry water or whatever. Or after enlightenment, carry wood and, and collect mm-hmm. water, whatever that statement is. You yeah, know I mean? basically just keep on doing what you're doing. Just keep on doing what you're doing. Have the ability to um, do a, do everything at will. It's, it, you know, for most people out there, God damn it, they're just stuck in like an experience or their energy is like bottlenecked somewhere they're they're (laughs) stuck in a family member they're stuck in a history in a historical moment in their life they're stuck and it's just kind of like dragging them on yeah um and we do an episode in the future on how to get out of that or is that something we've done already um we might have done that a few times it's it's kind of a reoccurring theme uh, it's very simple, I think, for a lot of people. It's like Nila, Con- Nila was already saying, you know, the simplicity is oftentimes the best. Uh, I've been helping a guy lately with his, his wife, and his wife is, they're really splitting. They're really changing the way they view life, and the pandemic is pushing them apart, and one's pro-vax, the other one's anti-vax, on the fanatical side, and you know, and, and they're like two different people now. And I don't know. I mean, I, I think at the end of the day, responsibility to answer your question, Rokas, or your statement, to, responsibility for oneself will get you out of most problems. Responsibility for oneself. And you can't he can't change his wife he can't convince her anything the internet is going to convince her about 10 different things tomorrow there's no way he he has the capacity to you know attack that and live his normal life and raise his his children and go to work and everything so you have to eventually take enough personal responsibility to to find some sort of peace inside your own skin be good with that have have confidence in yourself and what you're doing and try and even someone as close as your wife try not to let them get in that and in between that right it's like this it's like there's a there's a connection with your own sense of self-worth like um it's like drywall and the drywall is going up against the studs and there's a little connection there and it's like we let people get in between that connection and pull us apart and destroy the building from the inside out. And we really don't want to let people get in there. We want that to be cemented in. We want that to be like a, a meld. We want that to be molded together so that you cannot change our sense of self-worth and self-confidence and self-perception. And then then I think that's where we have a Socratic type of identity that, that 
Like Socrates was so confident in who he was. No one could change or alter anything about him. And the result was this uh, ability to adapt to constantly changing situations, questions, philosophical conundrums. And yet you, he remained the same and an answer and a, a solution, clarity came from it, no matter what was happening around him up until his own death, which is really, really profound. And, and one of the concerns of, of my, uh, my client was, you know, if she doesn't get the vaccine, you know, what if she dies? And I'm like, you know, at the end of the day, we've got to have enough courage to face life and death situations with a certain amount of equanimity. And I know that's hard to say. It's even harder to experience. And unfortunately, I've had the experience of a family member losing a family member last year. And I spoke at the, I was the head speaker at the funeral. And I say, unfortunately, you know, obviously, because it was an unfortunate experience. Yet, at the same time, I had to, to use my own teachings. And even my sister was like, you know, can you not be so calm right now? <laughs> like, can you, can you please join us in losing our sense of, of contentment? And perhaps... It's the training and, and maybe, maybe I've lost some humanness a little bit, but I remained, I had to remain that, that, that certain, I had to have enough courage to be the one who didn't break down. And that was my way of mourning at the same time. And I don't know how else I could have done it. I don't know. You know, I don't know, because it's like, this is the time that matters the most. This is when the philosophy matters the most and the teachings matter the most. And um, I don't want this to be the case, but this is the reality we're in right now. And I'm, I'm not seeing a solution in breaking down and, and losing what I believe in, because I don't believe we're the body. And I don't believe that person is in a worse place. I, I, I believe that this is probably the worst place and that people they're have, okay. You know what I'm saying? People have a hard time with that. Yeah, <laughs> they really do. So yeah. I, and I, and I had a argument with my sister about it, you know, and, and was like, well, by argument, I mean disagreement. And I was like, the person you knew is gone. I mean, and I'm talking about myself. Like the, the person you knew before the monastery is gone. I am not going to react the same way as a, as a person would. And in the tragedy of all of this, you know, we need to have some sense of, of, of spiritual honesty and this is not when everything comes crashing down and the truth comes out that this is, you know, revealing of, of, of 
who we really are and life is terrible. And it's like, this is when we actually stick to the teachings the most. And that's, that's really difficult, I think. And, um, well, I guess that's why they asked me to speak, you know, at the funeral and, and open it and, and, you know, because it's like, that's why we're, that's why you get trained as a priest. That's why you get trained as a monk, because you, you now have a different standard, um, you know, and I guess that goes against what we were saying earlier about like blending with other people's, you know, consciousness. But I think at times it's a teaching moment too. It's like, no, the, what we did in the monastery was, was true practice. Like we really, like, it's time to, it's time to, it's time to practice what we preach. And it's, it's time to show you that this is another level of the game. Like this is another standard. I don't know. You know what I mean? It's kind of weird. No, but that's that's why we were trained to to deal with situations um, like that. And like you were saying, like you should be all experience should be experienced in a sense like with the same equanimity. Yeah. That birth, you know. And I was reminded too of, of uh, so I wasn't the only one holding that same belief. And in fact, um, another family member of mine, even closer to the departed by blood was, was like, this, this is like, we can celebrate like the good in, in what she did. We can, we can, you know, let's not, let's not like lose it too much. This is, um, you know, I don't know. She kept her, she kept her cool when she could have just lost it. And it was like, you know. It's interesting that not showing emotion in that kind of situation is considered potentially like losing some of your humanity. But I mean, technically you're, you're like, closer to that essence of humanity than anyone else yeah, i think that's really well said yeah and it's a weird feeling too because i had to check in with myself sometimes because like there were situations like rajan was just saying where like you don't you don't get to that emotional state and then you have to think like god like am i like dead inside like like what what like what happens right you know, like how come i'm not reacting i should be sad like i should be overly happy i should be angry at this thing right and i'm not like what's wrong with me it's a weird feeling it's almost like i had to second guess like did they brainwash me somehow and now i'm just like it's a thing like i don't know how but, to explain yeah. do, do you know what i mean it's like a weird feeling like it's like okay it's detachment yeah attachment yeah obviously we could we could throw you know i could throw that out the window right now and say you know if i lost maya like my daughter you know that would truly test my ability to remain sane and i'm i'm not sure i would right i don't think i would i think i would lose it so there's a level of of um there's a 
there's some kind of level of value hierarchy around the closeness you are to the person and, and things like that. Of course. And, and you'll, you'll feel less tra- tragic the farther you are connected with someone for sure. Um, but uh, you know, you want to do your best regardless so that those around you can lose it. Right. But someone's got to kind of hold the line, I think, um, and I think that's a common theme, even in, in um, Hollywood, you'll see in, in movies, which reflect mythology, which reflects history, which reflect people, and, and they're accurate, um, that, that, you know, someone holds the line when in, in that tragic moment, someone remains strong so that everyone else can lean on them. And, and I think that goes beyond the mystic, and I think it goes beyond the cold, and I think it goes into courage. And I love Rokas, what you said was pretty poetic. You know, it, it goes into the actual essence of who we all really are and everyone losing it is in fact forgetting. They're the ones forgetting that, that there's more to this and that this was all temporary to begin with. We were not here forever and we don't want to lose sight of that. And I think the, because we're we're mystics we we touch back into that whenever we can and because of that frequency of of coming back into who we really are um you know we we maybe are the ones that hold the line maybe that's what the training is for you know yeah like for instance when i get married i'm gonna cry like a baby i'm not gonna be like I'm not going to be somber and like, yeah, yeah, there's going to be emotion there. So yeah, yeah, of course. Right. It's fine. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah. (laughs) I have nothing to add. Well, is that the end? Okay. Thank you everyone. Um, See you next time. Bye. Bye guys. Thank you very much. Appreciate and it. And thank you, Neil, as well. Great to see yes, you. Yes, thank you, sir. Because I hope to meet you in person sometime, too. I hope yes. that's... That would that be very cool. That would be cool. For sure. That would be awesome. So, goodbye. Yeah, both you, Rajan, you're the best. Talk soon, everybody. Bye, guys. <laughs>